0: Welcome back to Roll Routes. I'm Trent Luce alongside Kyle Bauer, Dr. Dan Niffen from Penn State University, Chris Molinaro, a student and a beef ambassador for the American National Cattlewomen. This year we are discussing the happenings on university campuses around the nation. I'm kind of taking this program, putting it in jeopardy, having you back on, Dan Niffen. We had you on last April. (laughs) Kevin Schultz, who listens every day at Haviland, Kansas, said, if you ever have Niffen on again, I'll never tune in to that program
1: so you're testing kevin to see i'm if he,
0: testing kevin to uh, see if he okay. actually is going to live up to his word
1: maybe we could always warn kevin and so he could just tune out on that day.
2: <laughs> Poor kevin you know he's tuned in to be tighter now than ever before because we're a partnership on bull
1: ah. well this
0: seems like he should be paying us to get you on to promote your bull
1: now wait a minute <laughs> if your guys are going to do an ad i'm charging here <laughs> no so.
0: it's my show
1: <laughs> well but bet i'm the editor
0: you can, uh, Dan, if you'll give me fifty bucks next time I see, I'll let you name your bull. Huh. You will? Yes. Yeah. yeah. That would be excellent, you know. And what? What? Well, well, name
2: bucks. it. You got the opportunity to ride the wave Chris Molinaro did yesterday. Are you going to? <laughs> but I, I think I've probably bought you enough
0: meals here in okay, a year that, to that's a, that's take a nice taking It We'll do. Okay. But you still <laughs> aren't naming him, so I think you missed your opportunity. <laughs> Where were we at? Oh, Dan Niffin, I wanted you to comment on. Uh, what was I wanting you to comment on?
1: I, I we... would help you, brother, but, but I. Can't before help we went you. to
0: break, you asked a question.
1: Um, Man, I know. these breaks
0: are just too long.
1: I know what you're saying. I'm sorry. I'd like to help you, but Dan, I. Dan, what, what were
0: we talking about? We were
2: talking about, boy, is this a challenge.
1: Well, and we did talk about some things on the break that kind of took us a different direction. So,
2: Well, and that's when we got off talking about Kevin and our bull
0: ribeye. Mm-hmm. Oh, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you can tell he's an educator. Uh. Anyway, we should also let people know that we are talking about block and bridle events. National Block and Bridal Convention will take place this year in Kansas City during the American Royal. It is hosted by Kansas State University and Fort Hayes, Fort, uh, Fort,
1: Fort Hayes, Hayes State,
0: Fort Hayes State yeah. University. I know I was missing a word, so that'll be this fall, and, and uh, uh, you can probably tell I have a tremendous passion for the Block and Bridal and the three final saddle and feel an energy of young people there that want to go out and make a difference. And I think that our role, our role being you, Dan, Kyle, and me, is to make sure that we have these young people with the proper tools and resources to find a way to go educate people. And that's why I wanted to bring Chris and Dan on today to talk about
1: that. Hey guys, why do people join block and Bridal at Penn State? I mean, you mentioned a number, or some of them at least, were not animal science majors. What is the the main pull, if you will? Is it that they are animal rights activists or animal hmm, animal industry activists? Or why do people join Block and Bridal?
3: I think mainly it's
2: because they have a passion for just agriculture in general. And the Block and Bridal Club does a lot of activities that really help um, promote agriculture. So, you know, it's just a good way to get the word out. And I think a lot of kids really find it an enjoyable club to be in.
1: And do you... Um, do you have other activities that promote agriculture? I mean, this was an opportunistic um, time. I mean, it, if you will, something presented itself. You went and did it. Do you plan events during the year that do that as well? Yeah. And they would be.
2: There's uh, we've got quite a few events that go on on campus. Um, you know, if you're starting the fall of the year, uh, this fall we didn't do it, but in previous years at one of our home football games. And generally, when we play another um, land-grant university, the club will put on what they call an animal products tailgate, and we'll actually distribute samples of um, of, uh, animal products for people to sample as they're going to the football game. And so they get involved that way. Uh, We put on a, um, in the spring of the year, we do a uh, livestock show, which is our little international, and the public's invited to that, and the students are invited to that. And we actually have students from across campus that uh, are even not block and bridle members who want to participate in that activity, and they um, uh, and they come and participate in the club for the spring of the year and participate in the show. The other thing, or
0: let me jump in here because Kyle is a major athletic proponent. He has season tickets to every K State game, and he can't miss a game. And when I attended the Little International a year ago at Penn State University, there were alumni back at that event, and it had a feel of an athletic event in the the Agricultural Department, there was an energy and a buzz that took place in conjunction with that event and and I think that there's something that that we should build on.
2: Well and we, Trent, you were here and uh, uh, well and you know we need to mention Kyle Trent was here because our Block of Bridal Club recognized him as our honorary member for the club last year and um, boy they were really proud to get that done but uh, we've got an alumni uh, organization called our Penn State Stockman's Club, and all our former Block and Bridal members uh, then have the opportunity as alumni to continue on and participate in the, uh, in the Stockman's Club. And I think one of those things that we need to discuss, not only uh, with students going to convention and being able to attend the National Block and Bridal Convention, but even through our Stockman's Club, is the opportunity for students to network with uh, other industry leaders and make those contacts so they've got that opportunity to, uh, uh, to look at other careers and pursue careers that are some way or shape associated with agriculture.
1: Are you aware of any curriculum at Penn State that would give students training on um, I guess providing programs that support their industry? I mean for instance similar to what you all uh, did yesterday is there any other venue in the curriculum that would teach students how to do that, or is that pretty much left up to block and bridal? And like your work with Trent and other speakers that come in and that sort of thing?
2: Uh, probably most of that activity occurs through, uh, through the club relations that we have and the student involvement in clubs. And we bring those people in as um, as guests so they've got the opportunity to be exposed to our uh, students and interact with our students. One other quick thing I want to throw on a table for our block and Bridal club because it's uh, it's quite interesting, but... They host the last um, blood drive on campus for American Red Cross at the end of the semester, and uh, and we have the single largest blood drive on campus of any of the blood drives that are on campus throughout the year. And uh, and our club is able to, to generally get collected somewhere around 150 units of blood in a blood drive, and if you look across um, those blood drives for communities, that's a pretty substantial blood drive.
0: Uh, by the way, with Dan Niffen spouting off about they and this and that with the block and bridle, he has been an advisor and been one of the pillars of leadership within that organization. Dan, I didn't want you to disconnect yourself from the activities that the block and bridle have. Obviously, the kids are the ones who are fulfilling the commitments and dedicating the time, but your leadership has been there. Something else that I wanted to throw on the table, I like that because we are talking about explaining the animal, or animal agriculture and the products that we produce. You know... I've been in your meat lab, and it's right there, not too far from the football stadium, which is an interesting position. But you talk about the disconnect that exists in this country and and how the farther east you go, the worse that it gets. You know at Clemson University in South Carolina, they will not harvest an animal at the meat lab after 6.30 in the morning for fear that a student might walk by and witness the event. Now that in itself is a statement to me, Dan.
2: Yeah, it is Trent, and we've discussed this several times. And um, and actually, our meat Lab does sit diagonally across the road from uh, from our football stadium. And actually, if you ever um, uh, see a shot of the stadium from the east side and see where they've got uh, Papa Joe's statue standing beside the stadium, actually, he is waving, facing the front door of our meat lab. So <laughs> they're in close proximity. <laughs> But as you also know, Trent, you've been here, and uh, uh, we don't alter the schedules in our, uh, in our abattoir just to uh, try to have those activities outside of normal uh, operating hours. I think they start up in there about seven thirty, eight 8 o'clock in the morning. And on those days when beef production class overlaps with, um, you know, when we're harvesting animals that we're going to use in class as we look at them live and then we look at them on the rail, A lot of times that doesn't take place till 11.30, 12 o'clock, 12.30 during the day uh, simply because our beef production class isn't over until uh, that time of day.
1: Trent, if you could manage that situation, what do you think is the best management of it? I mean, do you try to avoid the confrontation and do it early in the morning, or do you limit access? In other words, you've got to absolutely be a member of that class to get in the room and you make sure that um, people are screened, that witness that sort of thing, or do you make no concession for it whatsoever?
0: Uh, is that a rhetorical
1: question? No, it's really not. I, think I make it's, no I think it's concession
0: a bit... whatsoever because as mm-hmm. long as we continue to hide what it is that we are actually doing, the ignorance will grow and the challenges will grow equally as well. We hide nothing, and we explain why it is important that we continue to respectfully take the life of animals to improve human lives.
1: So probably it is important that, and I remember when I took MEAT's lab, by the way, um, I was an ag econ major that took classes in the animal science department, but when I took MEAT's lab, um, it was absolutely explained a great deal how to properly euthanize the animal and why that was important, and both from an industrial point and for a humane point of view, and that was, what, 25, 30 years ago. Um, I assume you still do that, Dan?
2: We do, Kyle, and uh, I was even going to throw a little uh, extra wrinkle on that. Trent was here, and we've talked about this before, but um, our Block and Bridal Club is even involved in an activity that uh, when we're harvesting cattle on campus, um, our club actually goes out and collects blood from the cattle, and we uh, process that and store it, and we have become the uh, food supply, the blood supply, for the Philadelphia Zoo for their vampire bat colony. And since we have taken on that activity, um, the zoo tells us that that's been the best quality supply of blood that they have ever been able to get and that uh, their vampire bat colony is simply thriving because our kids are so focused on making sure it's collected uh, in a sanitary manner and it's clean and properly processed and stored so the zoo can use it. So in addition to not only having the classes where we're harvesting animals and we have students involved in it, We've actually got our Block and Bridal Club there uh, right off the side of the kill floor.
0: Dan, Um, Dan, uh, we're we're at Lichtenstein. Thank you so much. That'll do it for another journey down the road connecting rural and urban America. Thank you to Dr. Dan Niff and Chris Molinaro from Penn State University. On behalf of Kyle Bauer, our producer is Chelsea Crook. I'm Trent Luce reminding you that all roads do lead to a rural route.
3: Remember when you saw the homeless woman in the snow and you almost volunteered to work in a soup kitchen? Or when you saw the news report about wounded soldiers and you almost visited the veterans' hospital? Or when you almost brought dinner to your neighbor with AIDS, Remember all those times you almost helped? You meant to, but somehow you forgot you were too busy and it slipped your mind. Well, it's only human, this almost giving. But if you almost gave, there's a good chance everybody else almost gave, too which means it's quite possible there was no soup kitchen at all, that no one visited those vets, and that your neighbor never got that hot meal. Because almost giving is the same as not giving at all. Don't almost give. Give. To find out how, visit our website at don'talmostgive.org. This message brought to you by the Ad Council.